Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. I want to tell you about a great promotion just starting up at Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino. They're doing their annual holiday auction on Thursday, December 23rd. They're going to be auctioning off over 100 items, including toys, jewelry, electronics, kitchen supplies, and an 82-inch television Plus, a bunch of other things. How do you bid? You earn something called chits that is fake money, and you earn them with locked-up jackpots, players' points. You can win daily drawings every two hours. So get on up there so you can get some of that great stuff right before Christmas. And right now, we're going to give something away. $200 in slot play. First four callers are going to get 50 bucks each. If you've won in the past, you're not eligible to win again. Give us a call, 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. 1340. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mace George Payton told the media yesterday, and boy, this was pretty brazen. I don't, but he's not a brazen guy, but it sounds like a pretty brazen comment. He said, We have the resources to do whatever we want. I'm sure he said it in a very matter of fact way. He said, We have a lot of flexibility. All of that is true. I don't think he's being arrogant. He's just setting the table, letting Broncos country know there are a lot of different things that they can do. And oh, by the way, he said that after handing out a ton of money to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. He didn't say that before they were signed. He is saying that now, which has to make you feel pretty good if you are a Broncos fan. By the way, uh, that's just cap flexibility. We haven't even started with the draft, in which they have a first-round pick this year. Two seconds, two thirds, and then you go through the rest of the draft. With that, are you more excited about the rest of the season where the team is five and five? They still have a chance to win the division, still have a chance to make it to the playoffs as a wild card team, or are you more excited about the offseason? Definitely the offseason. <laughs> wow. Danny, are you more excited about the rest of the season or the offseason? Uh, the off season for football doesn't really excite me. The so, games the thing. I'm excited for the games, yeah. Even if they lose and break my heart every Sunday or make me angry every Sunday by getting blown out. Right. Okay. Mace, back to you. You know what is here's the thing. Success in the next seven games, if it happens. It probably looks a lot like the 2017 Buffalo Bills where they just wiggled their way into the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. They were one and done. They went in a different direction at quarterback in the offseason, moving on from Tyrod Taylor to Josh Allen. It's imp- it was an important run in terms of building the long-term culture, kind of getting the stench of missing the playoffs for a much longer time this Broncos team has. But that's all it was. And I think that's what this Bronco team is kind of fighting for right now 
is a chance to improve the the culture and create a culture of where success is expected but it's going to be but when they have bigger success it will be with some different people particularly at the quarterback position than are currently on the roster here's the thing i get the if we if we win, even if we don't make the playoffs, but if we win and we win three of our last four games, it's going to make us feel good about going to the off season. It's going to help the culture. That's a bunch of hogwash. Only going to the playoffs helps the culture, right? That's what I mean. That yeah. that's why I point to Buffalo four years ago, getting into the playoffs. Even though they went six and ten the next year, but they got Josh Allen. But getting into the playoffs was transformative for that organization. I'm with you. I'm but if you. they'd fallen short, it wouldn't have the same. It would not have had the same kind of impact. But guys want to go into the offseason, you know, feeling good about themselves. Well, let's be honest. There's only one major change that's really going to happen, and that's that's with the coaching staff. Either they're coming back or they're not coming back. About quarterback. Oh, that that they're going to have a new quarterback. Too. That's a major change. No, no, and I, owner I, is a major change. Oh, owner, owner to, to me is irrelevant. It really is. Really? Yeah. Absolutely irrelevant. Right. Unless, unless you're bringing in a guy, listen, mm. unless you're bringing in a guy who's cheap, okay? But I have a feeling anybody who's going to be spending $4 billion isn't cheap. Isn't cheap. I'm not worried about who the owner is one bit. They know what they're getting themselves into. There's a great saying about luxury cars. I'll just use a Jaguar as an example. If you have to ask what the price is for a Jaguar, you shouldn't be buying a Jaguar. So if you're going to buy an NFL team and you are wondering what the salary cap is going to be, then you should not be, then you should not be buying an NFL team. Well, that's team. why it was interesting. There were some people like they were pointing out, oh, well, you have these commitments to Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton and you could have a new owner. This, not that this money doesn't matter, but to a but to an owner who's probably worth at least six billion dollars, because that's the type of of pond that you're going to be fishing in. Right. If the team is if the team is sold, they're not going to think about that. That's pocket change. And oh, by the way, the revenue streams coming into the NFL, particularly from right. television and uh, digital rights, right? They're going to be fine <laughs> covering those costs. And, and pretty some, easy. And something else to consider: any NFL owner, you would hope, knows something about football. They know Cortland Sutton's a pretty good player. They know Tim Patrick's a pretty good player. He's going to help that franchise win games, maybe yeah. one day a Super Bowl. So if the goal is not to raise a trophy at the end of the day, then you're probably upset that they spent that money on Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. But I'm guessing the goal is to win a championship. If you are George Payton, you're not going to openly root against your team, and I get, and I get it. If they win you become more attractive to a quarterback who might get traded. If you lose, it's a much better chance you're going to be higher up in the draft to get the guy that you potentially want. And even if the guy is not going mm -hmm. to be there at your pick, you don't have to trade up as high, give up as much capital in order to get your guy. Where do you think George Payton is on this? And also, let's throw something else in there. George Payton, from what I was told, what you were told too, it's a playoff mandate. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he wants to make the playoffs, but does he want to make the playoffs enough to keep her on Vic Fangio? Well, that's where because if they if make they, the, if they make it, then 
a style, then there's then style points matter because let's say they make it and they go out in the first round and they lose by 25. Vic's going to be kept. They I make, don't know if they keep him if they lose by 25 in the Vic, round in round one. It was my understanding. George said to Vic, if you don't make the playoffs, that's it. If they finish ten and if they finish nine and eight and they make the playoffs, I think there's a degree of loss in the playoffs that if they, if they absorb puts everyone back on the hot seat. I I understand that. It's my understanding with George. He's a man of his word. It is my understanding. He said to Vic, if you make the playoffs, I'm not going to fire you. In so many words, and you can t- take that and skew it any way you want to. I don't think I don't think Pat Shermer will be back, but Vic Fangio might be back. I don't think Tom McMahon will be back either. Oh God, no. With that, with that. <laughs> they could win the Super Bowl, and I'm not sure Tom McMahon is back. Right. So <laughs> Poor Tom. So with all of this flexibility that they have, and they should. Yeah. And listen, a lot, of, a lot of that credit for the cap flexibility goes to John Elway. It really does. You may not like his draft picks. You may not like the last five, six years, and I totally understand that. But George Payton inherited some nice flexibility with the cap. Now, George Payton also did a very nice job of collecting a second and a third round pick for Von Miller. George we, Payton also got a break that Juwan James got hurt away from the facility. Right. With that, how good would you feel with all of this flexibility, resources to do whatever we want? How good would you feel if John Elway was making the final decision? Because I feel real good with George Payton making the decisions. Nobody would feel as good with John Elway making the decision, especially with quarterback looming. Yeah. And that's the thing. Not that the organizations of which George Payton has has been a part have been complete hits on first-round quarterbacks. The Vikings missed on Christian Ponder. Teddy Bridgewater. That was a good draft, too. That draft was loaded with players. And that boy, was the year that they, yeah, the misses were Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, Blake G- Blaine Gabbert, and they're surrounded by Hall of Fame caliber players, literally. At every other position. Yes. Yeah. Was that the 2011 draft? 2011, Oh, yes. man. Vaughn, Cam, Patrick Peterson, J.J. Watt. Yeah, that lo- loaded with talent. Yeah. But how much did George Payton have to do with that? That's what we don't know. How much do they have to do with, with the with the uh, Ponder pick? How much do they have to do with the Bridgewater pick? I would argue he probably had more to do with Bridgewater because he was fine bringing in Bridgewater. I would argue. I would argue that he didn't make the final decision, and that's all that matters because that's all we know. That's Rick Spielman's team. Yeah, it's not George Payton's team. Listen, for all I know, if they promoted Matt Russell, maybe Matt Russell feels totally differently about players, but John Elway makes those decisions. Mm, the only thing is that one of the reasons Matt Russell kind of worked his way up is because he was in lockstep with Elway. On no, I understand things. that, but I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, I know he's in lockstep with yeah. him. I get that. Totally understand that. With all this flexibility, are they quarterback away from the playoffs? The right quarterback, yeah. Duh. No, yeah. not a quarterback. I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> And I think you mentioned the possibilities of how many games they win and what that means, what type of quarterback they pursue. They they might be best long served long term by going into the draft 
Well, of course, cap flexibility and everything. Right, because I, all those things. If you go with But you're going to be given up, but you yeah. might have to give up draft picks anyway. You might like, have to. Just, just like you Probably would. Probably not as much as you would have to give up for Aaron <laughs> Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Are you okay? That cough doesn't sound too good. Yeah, it was one cough. Okay. I've mm. COVID. Hey, hey, you didn't have to say that. Jeez. But anyway, you are probably surrendering quite a bit in terms of draft capital if you trade for Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. And, oh, by the way, you're surrendering a lot in cap space as well. Right. Whereas you might have to surrender draft capital to move up and pick QB1 in this year's draft. Yep. But she would have much more flexibility cap-wise to build other areas. And one of the things that we have learned in the salary cap era is the best window to go after a title is often cost-controlled quarterback in those first five years. Yeah, except if you're the Broncos and you get Peyton Manning. Yeah. Besides that. Or but they didn't or, or, but or, they didn't or, they didn't sacrifice any draft capital to get Peyton. He uh, was a free agent. See, trading for Wilson or Rogers means you're sacrificing draft capital and cap space. Both things the things you need. If you trade up and go with a, a young quarterback, if you have a conviction, look, if you have a conviction on my, on Matt Crowell, I say go get him. And then use that cap space, build up the rest of the roster. You built up the receiving core, fine. Then go and build up the offensive line. You've got Javante Williams. At that point, you can say, all right, kid, there is no excuse for you not to succeed what you've got around you. Coming up after the break, it seems hard to believe, but Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Sammy Sosa are going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot for the final time. Final time. And none of them are in. Should they be? Now, granted, they can go in with the Veterans Committee. Should they be? This has always been a great debate. Yes. And honestly, I don't even know where you fall on this. But you'll tell me after the break. Because I have felt very, very strongly about this, and I've never wavered with my opinion. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfpe.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Tivoli Brewing. Their tap house is on the Auraria campus, and it is open for business. So next time you're going to a game or a concert at Ball Arena, which is right across the street from the tap house, you should go there for a lot of reasons. One, it's a fun place to go. Number two, they have great beer at a much, much better price than what you will find at Ball Arena. You want great food? You've heard of Bad Daddy's Burgers. Now they have opened a location inside of the Tivoli Brewing Tap House. So you can go there for a great beer, better price, outstanding burger, much better price, and you can do it before or after the game. Head on over to Tivoli Brewing Company. 
Denver's, or I should say not Denver's, but Colorado's original brewery. If you are not first, you are last. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. Okay, so Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, they're all on the Hall of Fame ballot for the final time before they go to the Veterans Committee. And all the time we've been doing this show together, which is now going on two years, I don't think you and I have ever had this conversation. I feel very strongly about this, but I'm very curious to know what you think. Of these four guys, should any of them get in? Some of them get in? Where do you stand? All of them should be in. Wow. They followed the rules. My of, man. Of the, of the time in which they played. Do I think that they were in the wrong by doing so? Yes. But at that time... Well, Kurt Schilling were, wasn't accused of PEDs. Well, he's just accused of being a jerk. Right, but that's not why you shouldn't right. get in. Right, uh, but like Ty, Ty, you know, Ty Cobb wins the jerk award for the Hall of Fame. I mean, did you know that career wins above replacement? Kurt Schilling is one spot above Joe DiMaggio. Kurt Schilling was a great and a great playoff pitcher to boot. Yeah, I mean, he's got the defining moment just because he is a complete idiot who defrauded a state at one point in his right. business dealings. That doesn't affect what kind of player he was. See, I feel differently than I feel exactly the same way you do in this sense. Those were the rules, right? The rules were. Are we going to kick out everybody who took greenies back in the day? You mean like Hank Aaron? A lot of, yeah. Like Hank Aaron. Like many guys did back in the 60s and 70s. Hank Aaron pulled a Bill Clinton. I tried it once and didn't like it. That's what he said in a book. I tried greenies once, but I didn't like it. Maybe he only did it once, Hank, and that's fine. Point is this. In 2002, ironically, we're coming up on a CBA expiring. In 2002, I believe they negotiated a new collective bargaining agreement. In that one, if you got caught for PEDs, can't get in. Or not that you can't get in. You will get suspended. So from the Alex Rodriguez point of view, he should not get into the Hall of Fame. He tested positive after 2002. He has no business getting the Hall of Fame. He did cheat. Barry Bonds, I know he denied it. He took PEDs. We all know Sammy it. Sosa took PEDs. And Roger Clemens took PEDs. Barry Bonds would have gotten in either way. Roger Clemens would have gotten in either way. Sammy Sosa would have had no chance. And even though legally he was allowed to do it, he was literally, in my opinion, he and Mark McGuire and probably and Jose Canseco were the poster children of what you looked like following PEDs. And he's the one you can argue against like statistically as well because he if you let's say you're going by wins above replacement, he's in the realm of some guys are in like Rube Waddle, some guys are out like Brett Saberhagen and Daryl Evans. I so you can go either way with him. I covered Sammy Sosa while he was still in his prime. I was standing on the field when they announced he corked his bat and I was basically standing next to him. Sammy Sosa is a good dude. But he wouldn't have had the career he had if he didn't have that help. Saint Mark McGuire, he probably would have. Because he showed the power early before. He was a 49 home run hitter, right. I believe, in his rookie year. Yeah. Jose Canseco mashed before he took that stuff. 
Sammy Sosa did not. He was a skinny kid drafted by the White Sox who some felt was a five-tool player. And Barry Bonds was a five-tool player before all that happened. With that, Sammy Sosa should not get in because if it wasn't for PEDs, he never would even be in the conversation. Yeah, not getting him not getting in is perfectly fine. Right. And you can argue and you can make the argument again on baseball accomplishment merits. But you can't make it's a it's there's not a good argument against Kurt Schilling on baseball accomplishment. And there's certainly you're talking about two of the top ten players in in war, in Clemens and Bonds, and they're not in the Hall of Fame. And again, they followed the rules as they existed at the time. Do I do I think that they were dishonorable? Yes, but they followed the rules as they existed. And here's some- and they weren't and they weren't and they weren't busted. I have talked to more than a few major league players who are so against these guys going in. Here's the thing. Well, they're against them because at least the argument that I've got I've heard from guys, sorry to interrupt, but the argument I've heard is that is that by doing that, which players were kind of that were clean were denied because they were in an era where a lot of people were juicing. You should have juiced. If you had a chance to get bigger numbers, you get a bigger contract. Some guys didn't want to deal with the he- with the side effects, the health effects, they, they which are damaging. And you know what? It probably hurt their contracts, and I'm sure that it did. At the end of the day, steroids don't make you stronger. I cannot be any more clear about that. Steroids help you with recovery. That means that means if you bust it out in the gym one day, you're not going to be sore the next day. If you don't take steroids, you could be, and you can't lift two days in a row. You actually have to put in the work in order to get bigger, like a Sosa, a McGuire, a Canseco. And I remember people used to say all the time, why in the world would pitchers take steroids? It's very simple. For the amount of abuse you do to your right or your left arm, it's going to be easy to recover when your next start is in five days. The goal isn't to get bigger. The goal is to recover. And that's what steroids did. Are there a lot of side effects? Yes. But if we're being completely honest, I can't imagine the side effects for steroids are any worse than playing 10 years in the NFL and getting the crap kicked out of you and going through multiple surgeries. Back in the day, some of those guys were doing that and also on steroids. Right. Coming up after the break, the NFL has flexed the Broncos. They are going to be on national television a week from this Sunday. It's a weird flex, huh? Yeah. And with the way they are playing right now, so incredibly inconsistent and up and down, do you really want to see that on display because you don't know which team is showing up? especially against Patrick Mahomes and an improved Chiefs defense. We'll talk about that next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. I'm waking up to ash and dust. I wipe my brow and I sweat my rust. I'm breathing in the chemicals. 
Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at SDHMazda.com. NFL has flexed the Broncos. To Sunday Night Football, a week from this Sunday against a much-improved Kansas City Chiefs team, specifically on defense. How excited are you to see them on national television, or is there a part of you that is fearful that this Jekyll and Hyde football team is going to be more Hyde than Jekyll? You know what? We've seen so many upsets this year that I don't really have a fear for them being on national television. But... I view honestly my my view is selfish. It's a lot easier to cover a day game than a night game. Okay. The older you get, yeah, but it's so, good, but it's good for your feeding schedule. What? Because I'm getting an extra barbecue meal in Kansas City. Well, thank you for backing me up on that. Yes, yes, there, yeah, that part is good. Yes, I'll agree. But look, I don't. I, I mean, really, what? What's the risk here? You play badly, you become a national punchline. The yeah, Bron- the Broncos. Yes, but yes. they're already. <laughs> but the Broncos are already a punchline. No, they're not. They're five and five. They're not a national punchline. The Jaguars are a national punchline. Giants are a national punchline. Jets are a national punchline. The Broncos. If you dig into the stats over the last five years and really look at it, you'd say, "Wow, they they are with those teams." And I'm with you there. But the Broncos still have still a little bit of shine on their logo because they are the Denver Broncos. The Jets, Jaguars, a lot of these other teams do not. Houston Texans, so on and so forth. If you really dig into it, you can see, sadly, the Broncos have been keeping the same company as the Houston Texans. But you really got to dig deep. But nobody, no, no, can't dig, dig that deep. But you really don't want to go on national television and get embarrassed. And even though, even though the score was close against the Browns, anybody who watched that game. That game was that. That was as much of a three-point embarrassment as I've ever seen. I mean, it's an embarrassment game. because of what your contemporaries around the league see. If you're a player or coach, yep. Um, I don't know if it really kind of moves the needle that that much. Put it this way: you, the 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 embarrassment if they lose to the Chiefs, that even if they get blown out, that's bad. The biggest embarrassment that could happen could be in a game that's seen by 2% of the country. And that is if they lost the Lions the following week. It wouldn't matter if that game was played at 7 p.m. in prime time or if it was played at 9.30 in the morning in Fargo, North Dakota. That would be the most embarrassing thing that could happen to the Broncos. Okay, so I'll ask. Losing the Chiefs isn't going to move okay. the needle in that way. Okay, so... What would be worse for you, Danny, because you are the Broncos fan amongst the three of us? What would be worse? The Broncos playing on Sunday night against the Chiefs and losing 45-7 to or losing to the Lions 16-13? to Losing to the Lions would be worse. Okay. I, for me, and you have a right to your opinion, for me, I, 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 would, I would rather lose a game that nobody saw 
than everybody. Can I amend my answer? Yeah. It depends who's playing quarterback for the Lions. Okay. If it's Ted Boyle. Tad it, Boyle or what? What's Tim his Boyle. name? Tim Boyle. Tad it's Boyle. Okay. If it's Tim it's Boyle. Okay. It's worse. Okay. Uh, if it's Jared Goff, it might be about even. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm going with the Lions. Yeah. Espe- look, if the Lions win somehow win on Thursday Fine. with Tim Boyle, or they win somewhere in between now and then, yep. then the blowout is probably the more embarrassing thing. But if so the, you're, okay, if so you're, the Lions go okay. into that game winless and they're winless. And the Broncos lose to them. I don't care what the margin is at Arrowhead Stadium. Losing to the Lions would be far more embarrassing, and that would be far more of make in, in making them a national punchline than anything that would happen in prime time. Just because that's the kind of result where just because few people see it doesn't mean it wouldn't resonate. Yeah. That's when I th- I think of a, of a of a type of loss that I fear for this team down the stretch. It's the Lions. So if the Lions pick up one win, then it's the Chiefs to you. So you're only going by a team because they haven't won a game, which is is a fair point. It's but there's a huge difference between okay. What a if team they were- that's got one win and a team that comes in winless and is threatening to become the only 16 and one team? I understand. In history of this. No, I get that. But let's say they come in with one win, and the Broncos lose, or they get blown up by the Chiefs. Somewhat, Danny. Uh, I f- I feel like I'm pretty numb to a Chiefs blowout, so I. Mm-hmm. That speaks volumes right there. I don't care as much about losing to them as losing to a team I know to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Tim Boyle, you know what his his college touchdown interception ratio was? Um, No. 12 to 26. Wow. And somehow he's in the NFL. Where's Colin Kaepernick these days? It's my thought, too. I bet he could be better than that guy, even if he hasn't worked out in the last two years. I wonder how many people Detroit went through before they settled on Tim Boyle. Kyle Sloter, remember him? He's out of the league, isn't he? Yes. Kyle Sloter would be better than Tim Boyle. I, I Newly converted quarterback to tight end Jeff Driscoll would be a better quarterback than Boyle. The one guy I will say who might not be better is Nathan Peterman. Yeah, you, you, you're not a big fan of him. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with Seinfeld. I mean... A lot no, of it has to do with Seinfeld. Well, it, it makes the jokes and the memes easy. Jay Peterman, Nathan Peterman. But my... Again, you bring up Colin Kaepernick. You know, Nathan Peterman, right now, he is... Uh, he's on the Raiders practice squad. It's like, okay, how does this guy keep getting work in the NFL and others don't? Well, I'm going to make it worse? Yeah. I'll make it worse. Boyle? What does it say about... The fact that Paxton Lynch can't get in the league. Paxton Lynch, by the way, is now a fourth-team quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's my point. Not what? even third. He's a fourth-team quarterback in the CFL. What does it say about Paxton Lynch, a first-round draft pick, who cannot get a job and Boyle does? Says that Paxton Lynch was a a bust of the highest degree. Not Jamarcus Russell bust. Because Jamarcus Russell was a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a story that ran that this is on um, on uh, the Bronco on Broncos Wire blog site, and the headline literally reads: "Paxton Lynch's time in the CFL has not gone well." Well, that's and he went from their third-team quarterback to their practice roster, which was their fourth-team quarterback. 
Paxton Lynch cannot even get on the field in Regina, Saskatchewan. By the way, today I believe is the 15th anniversary of Jake Plummer's final game as the starting quarterback. Yes, it is. I pointed this out on Twitter. Oh, did you? Overnight, yeah. yeah. Uh, a game that I remember as well as anyone, and people still come up to me and ask me about that game. Because of an interview you did after the game. With Nate Jackson. Yeah. In the locker room in which he was very emotional. And, um, yeah, we had the game on Fox 31. Learned of the news. I believe it was during our pregame show. It was me and Ron Zapolo doing it. And then I was in the locker room after the game, and... Whew, that was quite a locker room. It was also Mike Shanahan's shortest post-game press conference, I believe. He gave his opening statement, asked if there were any questions, and about second and a half, two seconds passes, and no one is quick on the draw, and he has turned and walked out. By the way, hold on. Thanks for remem- remembering. I, it's great radio if you're you're answering a tweet right now. Well, no, listen. So there, there's a tweet that says Matt Nagy will coach his last Bears game on Thanksgiving in Detroit. Yes. Top source tells whoever. Okay. Ron, uh, we'll go out to the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. Super Bowl Ron on Twitter says, Yes. At Eric Goodman, yikes, right? Visions of 2006 Shanahan leaking to Shefty about Jake Plummer. Horrible way to let head coach quarterback anyone twists like that and then wrote i'll never forget your live postgame nate jackson interview yeah. and i just told you that before i read that pretty wild to this day people remind me of that he was emotional it yeah because i mean he's he's close to jake and a lot of guys very that, a lot of guys in that locker room thought very well yep. of jake Plummer, and that was one of the things that uh Distinguished him and and made him successful was how much his teammates believed him in it, believed in him and played hard for him. And you know, Plummer on balance wasn't bad that night, but it wasn't enough to get the Broncos I might, to win. I might By get, the way, that brought like if you watch that broadcast, like you can find it on YouTube. And on the game broadcast, like the opening moments, it's all like that was the story of the day, period. All, all about Jay Cutler's waiting in the wings. Yep. Chris Collinsworth saying, yeah, we hear about it in practice, that he's just playing too good not to play yeah. in the in a game. I might call Nate Jackson uh, on the ride home and yeah. tell him happy anniversary. I didn't bake him a cake or anything. but um, Yeah, 15 years. 15 Can you believe years. it's been that long since Jake Plummer's last start in the NFL? You know what? It feels like a That makes me feel old. It makes me feel like 100 years ago I was on television. 100 years ago. I can't even remember doing that work anymore. It's, yeah. been, it's been so even though you're on long. camera five days a week I did it for over 20 years i it, but it you're is, still on camera five days a week is it's, what I'm it's, saying. it's well totally different um no it, it's 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 such a distant memory it's so beyond the horizon line i don't even remember my i remember my days on television but it was it was 13 years ago 12 13 years so you ago. don't still have a makeup kit like uh les had no i don't <laughs> what do we have coming up on uh the final word A huge matchup in college basketball tonight between two teams that met in the Final Four back in March and also a heavyweight bout, uh, well, a 12-round fight of sorts on Friday. We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720-242-6404 or go to masterpieceroofing.com today. Just in case you missed it tonight on ESPN at 8 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time, a clash of undefeated teams who met in March's Final Four, number one Gonzaga versus number two UCLA. Both teams returning a lot of players from their Final Four squads of last season. Both are Western State Universities. What region of the U.S. is the one you most associate with college basketball? I'm biased. Tobacco Road, North Carolina. And for me, it's the Big Ten. Yeah. I grew up in Chicago and I went to Indiana. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, for me, it's where I grew up. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I was alive during the UCLA days in the 60s and the 70s, but I certainly don't remember those teams. But, you know, I remember Indiana winning national titles and Michigan winning national titles. Um, I know North Carolina did for sure. I know Duke did for sure. NC State did. Yeah, right. So and that, and that, yeah, it's, it's a lot of East Coast for sure. But for me, I'm a Big Ten. I grew up a Big Ten kid. Yeah, I think like with the ACC, the old the ACC as it was in the '80s when it was Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, Duke, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Of those eight schools, the only like at that moment in time. The only one that you would say was not a basketball school was Clemson. Right. Georgia Tech had, yeah. in the 80s and 90s, had a... Had, Kenny had, Anderson and Scott. They went to a Final yeah. Four. Wake Bobby Bars, Cremins, All yeah. the schools in North Carolina basketball yeah. schools. Tim Virginia Duncan. had Ralph Sampson right. in the early 80s. Maryland, you know, his Maryland historically is a basketball school. Yeah, they are. They are. But they're, they're a basketball school... But I know Lefty Yurzel was a really, really good coach. So was Gary Williams. Right. But I don't think they have the history of some of those other teams. There's no. A lot of big games against those other teams. But no, Mar- I, understand I that. think, Mar- I mean, Mar- bias, what, I what Maryland has gained in revenue by going to the Big Ten, they have lost in terms of rivalries. Right. They just they don't have anything like they had with North Carolina and Duke. Right. And it's, nothing's close. Right. Just in case you missed it, Friday, Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau for the latest iteration of the match, 2 p.m. here at Mountain Time. Eric, you broke some news about this quote-unquote rivalry a couple weeks ago on the show. Bryson and Brooks, only 12 holes, 
who do you like in this one? And do you expect to see them kind of keep putting on the show of not liking each other, or are they going to have more fun with each other? Well, I understand why they're only playing 12 holes. For starters, that doesn't make any sense. That's like playing a six-inning baseball game. I saw the joke around Vegas is that Brooks wanted to play zero, and Bryson wanted to play 24, so they met somewhere There in the we go. And that is the that is the pageantry and the setup for the entertainment that they hate each other. And when you say the news that I broke, I know somebody who knows Brooks Brooks Kepka very very or Bryson DeChambeau very well, I should say. They don't hate each other at all. It is one big sham. Um, it is all for dollars and for exposure. And from what I was told, they don't hate each other one bit. But everybody believes it, so people are going to watch. And you just said it perfectly. Why are they playing 12 holes? Because one guy wanted this number, and they had to meet in the middle. So why not start with some friction right away? And I'm sure they will put on one hell of a show barking at each other. Is that the best thing that's on sports on television on Friday? I won't be watching sports on television. There are uh, several there's college some, football. There are some games. good college yep. football games. I, I, I'm sorry, it's one of those like 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 these, these, you know the, these four man these four person matchups in golf that involve a couple of players, a couple of non players. I, I can't think of anything I'm less interested in in sports than that. So I'm sitting here like, okay, he's playing at the time with us. Iowa, Nebraska, Air Force might be playing for a division title in the Mountain West. Uh, CU Utah is at two o'clock. Yeah, there's some good, there's some good college football. By the way, just saw something on Twitter. This coming from I want to pronounce his name correctly. He's an NBA reporter for ESPN, Dave McMenum. Does that sound familiar to you, Dave McMenum? McMenamin. McMenamin just put out really warm reception for Carmelo Anthony when he got to the Garden. Knicks crowd saluting one of the franchise greats. As opposed to when he comes here and he's booed unmercifully. Perception over reality. You've told me the reality of Melo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But I don't know that he's ever going to be able to, to fix that here. No, he won't. No. No, the, the 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 concrete has been poured and it has set on everyone's opinion on Carmelo Anthony. Most people are wrong on it, but that's okay. I was telling Alex just a little while ago that I still love Carmelo Anthony, and I always will. Uh, he, saved, he saved this franchise. He did. He Absolutely. saved this franchise. The truth is his number should be it will be a joint retirement. There should be, in a, in, in a bunch of years' time, two number 15 jerseys hanging from the Raptors. There should be. Listen, Jokic is the greatest player in, in Nuggets history. But Melo deserves to There's, have his name up there, too. I don't. People just don't understand how bad the Nuggets were before he got here. He made them relevant. I he put them on national TV, and they were always in the playoffs. I, I, under, I understand because I went to a lot of games because tickets were so cheap and easy to get because they I, were terrible. But they were the hardest-working team in basketball. That slogan I'll never forget of the Jeff of the Jeff Bizdelic 0203 Nuggets. Hardest-working team in basketball. Well, some of those players were. Marcus Camby was not one of those yeah. guys. That, that was, you know, that was what they marketed themselves under. <laughs> they were not Wait, the hardest working team. They weren't. They certainly weren't the most talented team. <laughs> no, they had a lot of. T- they, thank you. They had a lot of talent actually. They just they just didn't have a very good team. They had, they had pieces that just didn't fit. That was their problem. 
they, they, had, they had too many egos. There were too many personalities on that team. But they had talent, but it just didn't fit into a cohesive team. On the 0203 Nuggets. I was not here for that. That's what I mean. I mean, you, you Juwan Howard was their best player. And that was fading out Juwan Howard. I'm just saying. Yeah. That was a it, it was a bad team. Yeah. And Melo came in immediately, made them relevant overnight. Right. Right. All right. That was uh, Masterpiece Roofing. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store and, uh, you know, walk into any store. They don't have a store. You can. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Mount High Appliance. With Masterpiece Roofing, I have a buddy who had over $30,000 of the damage to his house and his roof. And he was worried to have to pay all that money. Started working with Masterpiece Roofing. All he did was write a $500 check for his deductible because Masterpiece got the insurance company to pay for the whole thing. That's the type of company you want to work with that does great work, Masterpiece Roofing. Go to MasterpieceRoofing.com. Alex and Danny, great job today. Same with you, Mace. Tomorrow, our final day of the week. How do you like that? We're giving thanks for a long weekend. Make it the best possible night you can.